Welcome back, fine townsfolk, to another episode of Random Encounters. I'm Nick. I'm Matt. And here we are to discuss a random monster from a random monster manual. This week, I have Cobalt Press's very fine work, The Creature Codex, in hand. And I am open to page... 207... And believe it or not, even at 207, we're only in the G's in terms of alphabetical order. This is a fun new undead option. It's just just a name you're not going to get, Matt. Okay. So I'll just I'll just dive right in. Bits and pieces of ground up flesh and bone given unholy life shuffles forward, eager to feed. Gorlings are a necromancer's answer when there just isn't enough flesh around to create a full zombie. During a fight, <laughs> during a fight, a chopped off appendage or two can be converted into a handy minion. It is said that within each gorling is a fragment of the dead creature's soul. It seeks out the flesh of living things, desperately trying to make itself whole again. Gorlings come in a variety of shapes and sizes, since they're made of whatever is lying around, including whole eyes, ears, fingers, and organs. The sight of one is unsettling, often even for a necromancer. If no living flesh is available for a gorling to consume, it will cannibalize another gorling. Specimens become larger and larger as they absorb more and more flesh, Thankfully, most decay away to nothing before they get to be too big. But a massive gorling has been mistaken for a flesh golem more than once. Hmm. Yep. So, initially when you said that, I thought of a basically a gelatinous cube that was made of meat. And then, based on the, especially the photograph, or the picture that you, you just showed me, it's thing from uh, the Adams family. Oh yeah. Except except a swarm of thing. Yes. Swar- swarm yes. of things, yeah. Yeah, it's the picture is really gross. It's just a bunch of hands all scabby and and kind of wounded and all kind of collected together as and they're reaching out to grab at the the viewer of the picture. Now that that picture is that one two three four five six is that seven gorlings or is that one collective gorling? I would imagine that's one collective gorling, right? but I you never can be sure with those things. Well, it's a small undead. It's a challenge of one quarter. Oh yeah. wow! Okay, and. It has the swarming aspect that up to five gorlings can occupy the same space. Okay. So I think based on that, it could be all individual gorlings, but based on the cannibalistic tendencies, it could have just absorbed essentially more hand gorlings. Sure. You know, I guess it could be either way. There's no mechanic in the in in the the piece saying, oh, if it absorbs, it goes up in power or hit points or anything like that. So Okay. I I was gonna ask that because I mean they based on the text that you read, it obviously it can get fairly large at least. Yeah. 
but to it's just a large squishy thing. I guess, then. yeah. Yeah, it only it only does a uh, only has a plus four to hit, does a d4 plus two bludgeoning damage, plus a d4 of necrotic damage. As you would expect. As, as one does. It has an AC of 12 and hit uh, 11 hit points. As a reaction, when a Gorling is hit but not reduced to zero hit points, it splits into two new Gorlings. Each new Gorling has one hit point, doesn't have this reaction, and is one size smaller than the original Gorling. Interesting. So they basically turn into, what was it, minions or something like that from 4E? Oh, yeah, the one hits. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, a minion. Yeah. Even though, say, it it has 11 hit points, say you hit it once, it splits, and then they're both one shots. Yeah. That being said, it is one more thing that can hit you at full strength. True. It's one of those, but it is... Even though it is a size smaller, are you going to mess with the strength score and try and figure that out? Is that no. where you're going? Oh, God, no. No, I'm just, I'm wondering just how terrifying this is because, I mean, depending on initiative, obviously, even if you do hit it with, say, your fighter, who has a really nice initiative role, mm-hmm. unless he goes next, you're probably going to wind up killing the entire thing. Before it comes around to the monster's turn. Well, you can use your your reaction anytime. Oh, that's anytime true. per round, not per turn. Uh, y- you've only got the one reaction unless something specifies otherwise. But but yeah, I mean that's that's how you do an attack of opportunity or yep. hellish rebuke things like that. Oh no, that's gotcha. t- tiefling. Oh, but also I think warlocks do have it as well. So yeah, that's it's specifically made for you to not be in general not be using it on your turn unless again unless there you have something that allows you to use that like i think i think the circle of spores druid can spit spores maybe that's a bonus action i don't know don't quote me on it and uh one final thing about these guys is there's a variant that is the rotten gorling while fresh gore is preferable when raising gorelings, rotting flesh will suffice too. These gooey black and green undead creatures smell absolutely awful. Such gorelings have a challenge rating of one half and gain the putrid stench trait. Which is basically, it's a, anyone within 30 feet makes a DC 13 con or gains disadvantage on attack rolls for one minute. Wow. And so then, the full combat, probably. Yeah, and then they can save. I mean, they can save at the end of every turn, but... Yeah. Interesting. Still, only... It goes it goes up from a quarter to a half. It's not, not crazy. I mean, you'd see a couple of these in... If, if the encounter was just Gorlings, you'd have to have a handful of these in there. Yeah. To make it any sort of a challenge. Yeah, this is definitely something where it's it's either part of a larger a larger combat, I guess you could say, with mm-hmm. other undead uh, denizens, or oh sure, 
or you're just going to face an army of so many of these that it it may threaten to overwhelm you. That I would love to see that happen. I mean, I'd like cinematically, I would love to see that the just a sea of hands and like body parts and stuff coming at you in waves. Yeah, and then you hit it and then it splits into two. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like the variety of different chew jellies throughout the Zelda games that sometimes if you hit them, they'll split into the two. Yep. There was one, was it Link to the Past, where he, the flying ones, the flying like zappy jellyfish that if you, you hit them and then they turn into little ones and the little ones stick to you. Yep. And slow you down. Yeah. These, I, I, I want to point out my two favorite sentences. Gorlings are a necromancer's answer when there just isn't enough flesh around to create a full zombie. Sounds like an infomercial, first of all. Yeah. Second of all, the, the, the other one is the sight of one is unsettling, often even for a necromancer. <laughs> so it's a, a necromancer's last resort, like, basically. Like, what have I done? Why would I do this? <laughs> and because... It's not even one of those, what have I done? This is so powerful. How can I control it? It's just, what have I done? This is stupid. This is gross. <laughs> this is gross and stupid. This was just a bad idea. Yeah. It doesn't say how they're made. So I guess as the DM, you could just kind of willy-nilly say that, that, say you've got like an NPC or something who gets an arm chopped off. Yeah. I, the necromancer could cast whatever he does to cast this and it comes to life, you know? Okay. Interesting. No reason not to. Yeah, absolutely. Does it say in there how they're attached? Like how the different pieces of, of flesh? Not at all. No, it's just like kind of a, just a gooey masked ball is okay. kind of what I'm getting here. That's why I, I assumed in the beginning that it was just a, basically a, a fleshy version of a gelatinous cube. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like just a giant meatball. It's a terrine. <laughs> that's a that's a deep cut. That's yeah. a good one. The but the the cannibal tendencies though that they can absorb other like they they eat other gorlings, they absorb them so they just like f- must fuse. Cuz I think I think cannibal is is not the best usage, the best word to use, because cannibal implies like eating. They're just kind of absorbing, you know? Yeah, there's there's a very good chance that there's no mouth or digestive tract to uh to actually consume this this other goreling. It's just yeah, like you said, it's it's the phalanx from the, the Marvel comics. Yeah. Or was it the Borg? Assimilate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. There's very little Star Trek that I know, and that is one of them. But yeah, there's there may be a lip here or there as part of the Gorling. There may be some intestine kind of dangling somewhere, but I don't think any of it's, any of it's terribly practical. <laughs> it's just it's just a it's just a ball of, of flesh. Yes, exactly. Unintelligible flesh. Yeah. It's 
Based on the picture alone, with all the hands, it's really cool. Yeah. Would hands be your go-to in terms of, of imagery? I think so. I think especially because of the ability for locomotion. That's the thing, yeah. It it has to kind of pull itself along. I think I would... It depends on how I wanted to use it. Mm-hmm. If I wanted it to be recognizable, then I would throw in maybe various facial features. Ooh, yeah. But I was thinking this could be a perfect very first monster that the party sees. It's, you know, for a bunch of level ones, it's super easy even for them. Yeah, but yeah. It's the kind of thing that can get a ball, the ball rolling in terms of you go into a town and this thing is just kind of craw- like crawling is probably the wrong word, but just kind of dragging itself through the town and yeah. you kill it and realize based on the reaction of someone from the town that, you know, this, this Gorling was wearing a ring that was from the such and such a npc yeah story hook thing sure right yeah it's it's definitely a a, particularly if you're planning on doing an undead campaign or mostly an undead campaign this is a great way to start it a great monster and like you said i wasn't even thinking in terms of of setting up story hook wise but that makes absolute sense why not if there's some sort of discernible jewelry or even like a marking or something a tattoo yeah yeah that's cool that's really really cool and that's a great unique way to to throw the party into something as opposed to just someone walking up and saying hey do do this you know that's that's i like that a lot that's a really cool idea i want to give it intelligence so it could have like random eye, random mouth, that kind of thing. But it's it's not I mean there's there's the brain doesn't work. You know, it it doesn't even have it only has blind sight 60 feet and is blind beyond that radius. Like even if it has eyes in there, doesn't it, it they're not connected to anything. Yeah. You know, it is really just the the bottom of the barrel just barely a flicker of intel it's like like an amoeba kind of in terms of intelligence you know it just responds to things it's just a giant single-celled organism really yeah 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 and and that that imagery actually really works with the the absorbing of of other pieces as well absolutely yeah Hey, fine townsfolk. I've got another podcast that you might like to listen to. It's not a feckless momes joint, but you still might like it because you're great big nerds. Take a listen. Greetings, adventurers, and welcome to Party Advantage, a D&D play podcast. Join the Ram Pack as they travel across the lands and kingdoms of Arius, finding adventure and shenanigans. We're going to protect you, okay? Are you scared of witches? Yeah. We're the ones that ate my weasel. Who is going to be leading the expedition? I'm Tiny. 
and I lost my ferret last episode, so. I'm baby. I, I look at the giant, I'm like, what are you doing? Don't do that! I'm more afraid of her than you! I hate you. I wanted to swim out and climb it and attacking it. And you're like, yo, you're dumb stupid dumb. I know our healer's in the air 200 feet. Tune in every other Wednesday on your podcast platform of choice. Will these adventurers find the advantage on their next encounter? Only one way to find out. See you then. So if you were going to use this, I mean, do you, would you use it as, would you have the necromancer create this and then just unleash it or, and then it just kind of crawls willy nilly through the countryside or the town or whatever, or would you have it where the necromancer is able to give it some base command, like just even like, uh, a ranger with a, uh, you know, a, a level one ranger with an animal companion where all they can do is tell them to to go or to sit. Yeah. Like, how would you play that as the DM? First of all, I really want a necromancer with this as a familiar. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Second of all, it it feels like, it feels like it responds to... Suggestion suggestion you know like very simple commands like you said i don't think it's just a animate stump of an arm and then it's it's just off you know i can see it scampering through the town with like a note tied to it or something that is gotcha. sent to the mayor i i can see when when you had initially said before you before you revealed that the ring would would be the sign that the that someone was killed and the, and it that starts the ball rolling with the the quest i thought you were going to say the adventurers come in see this walk running through the town or whatever and kill it and then all the townsfolk are really scared because they know this is the the little task monkey for for the necromancer who has benevolently not sent an army of zombies at them and he's just like in the tower at the 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 top of the hill or whatever and they're basically at the foot of this this hill and he could very easily crush them but because they're not making a stink he he lets he he lets them exist as long as they're going to exist there he doesn't really care they're kind of below his notice but if he if if they interfere with his business, even something as simple as killing one of his gorlings, then then that's that's going to be trouble. That's cool. That's really cool for the first domino. Yeah, right. Yeah, they give them give the players no no hints, no idea. Let them just kill this like really disgusting abomination of a thing especially if you have like a cleric in the party who who would would want to make sure it gets killed oh yeah or a paladin or whatever anything basically anti necromancer and then and then let let them 
do that themselves, you know, just oh, yeah. s- set them up for, for failure, I guess. It, well, it's an insta hook is what it is. Yeah. Like now you have to save this, this village because you're the reason that the necromancer will be exacting revenge or whatever. Right. It's your fault. Exactly. So, so now, now you have to clean up your mess before an entire town gets wiped out or turned into zombies or whatever. Yeah. And they decide not to, and then they leave and everybody's alignment completely flips. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that cleric, his God will dump him. The the cleric's God will dump him for sure. Um, unless he's like a, an, a sir, what's, what is cleric's domains? Yeah. A, a death domain. But is death domain more, more like the cycle of death and this is against that Essentially, that's generally what I, th- I think. So, yeah, the, the death ones are. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there is a a you know a quote unquote evil domain, just like there's yeah. an anti paladin. But sure, I, you know, I don't know if that's anything that people would normally choose. Mm-hmm. I suppose it could depend on if you're really getting into the deity thing. It could could depend on the deity, like anyone from the Drow pantheon, except for Ali- I. How's it pronounced? Elastrei. Gotcha. Is is going to be evil. And everybody knows Lolth, but there is a, a kind of a lesser pantheon beneath that. They're all chaotic, evil, and, and nasty. So if you want to do do the fabled evil campaign, I mean, there there are options. Sure. That would be an interesting way to do that evil campaign. And without them realizing... Like they'll obviously they'll know they're doing an evil campaign, but to have that be the opening salvo where they think they're doing the right thing, even though they're bad, and it turns out they're still being evil no matter what. So you're saying, you're saying that in in killing the Gorling, they would they're doing it for the right reason because it's an abomination. They're doing it for the right reasons, yeah. Because it's an abomination, it's disgusting, even the necromancer can't stand it. (laughs) And But it still winds up being an evil thing, because then, you know, maybe they leave. Maybe you don't even do the the townsfolk coming out to them and saying, oh, you have to save us, you you know, you started this, this ball rolling. Maybe that they leave the town and then they just hear later that the entire town was raised by the, by the necromancer. And now they're all zombies or something. Why? I'm still caught on why they would kill the Gorling in the first place for the, the good thing. If, if they are consciously choosing to be the evil guys, right? Yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily that they would know it's the good thing. I think Oh, you would just okay. get caught. I mean, it's the it's a monster, and you get caught up in in killing the monster because you yeah. think that's what you're supposed to do, right? And unwittingly, that starts the evil ball rolling. Even though they've made that conscious decision, it's almost like they're predestined to do the evil thing. Yeah, and just because they're playing even chaotic evil doesn't mean that they would let something that is also evil just live you know there's oh, yeah. it's it's not like oh i'm going to let that live so it can do evil in my stead you know it's 
I mean, I suppose that that would be a really interesting way to play it, but that I don't think that that's the problem with a with an evil campaign. I think is there has to be a lot more nuance. Yeah, with that because you, like you said, you could do it where you're just you're going to kill everything that's that's aligned in a good direction and leave mm-hmm. everything that's aligned in an evil direction. But yeah. that's that's not really how it works. I mean, look at yeah. every villain there is. They're also killing bad guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's that you're you're definitely right. Uh the the full evil is would would be significantly harder for the DM because of the degree of tact and nuance to to make it really feel like it's not just okay, I'm giving you good guys to kill now. You know, go go push this lady in the street and and push the baby pram down the stairs. Yeah, or to you have to find a way so it's not just a traditional good guy campaign and everyone is skinned. All your your all your enemies are skinned as good. You know, just cuz right. you're just cuz the heroes are evil that doesn't necessarily mean that every everyone they're facing is some pretty boy or, you know, super aligned, you know, lawful good. They're not just out killing Batman. Yeah. It's it's basically just giving giving them the opportunity to be evil. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be every single time either. No, and I think that's it. And you Yes. People that in you know, historically that you, you view as evil probably 99% of the time they're doing the evil thing, mm-hmm. but sometimes they're not. And I think that's where an evil campaign can be very interesting to, to an act, I guess you could say. Yeah. Or, or even just like mundane things because they, they need to go to the grocery store and it's just, it's just easier to buy groceries than it is to raise the whole grocery store. Cause you've got to go back and buy groceries again, you know? It's... Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you could steal from the apothecary, but you, yeah. you're you going to run out of stuff and you're going to need more. So yeah. you might as well just buy. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good way to look at it. And I think that actually, that puts the difficulty of running an evil campaign a little more into perspective and makes it a little less mythic, yep. I suppose. Speaking of mythic, would you... Would you use what other body like what other creatures body parts would you use for this? Oh, interesting. Like, would you see a a paw like a cat's paw and a lizard's tail and yeah, like a knoll's ear? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think just from the description alone, it it doesn't have to be all humans. It's just whatever flesh is available, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Especially if you're going to do more than just the collection of limbs, like the the picture suggested, mm, yeah, I would definitely throw in you know uh, a tail or a mm-hmm. you know even horns of some sort, and maybe part of the part of the mystery is trying to decipher what that is. <laughs> yeah, what the heck is this? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean the the only thing that gives me pause is like I guess I wouldn't really put a beast in there. It seems like it has to be 
something it has to have come from something a little sentient or something that may have had a quote unquote soul. So humanoid. I guess, yeah, because only because because of the reference to them creating this instead of a zombie, so it feels and and a zombie can only be from certain things. Yep. And then the where is it? The yeah, the torturous hunger portion. It is said that within each gorling is a fragment of the dead creature's soul. Yeah. Like you you wouldn't have a cat in there then, you know, you wouldn't have a an owl bear even no no you're you're probably right it would have to be some level of was it is it intelligence that you would use to to determine whether that has a soul though like i think maybe even just sentience you know or or to to be to be super nitty-gritty like is it a playable race okay you know sure you can see drow bits in there. You could see hobgoblin, bugbear, goblin, things like that. You could even see um, lizard folk, dragonborn, sahagin. So it's there. There is still a lot of variety. Even Aarakocra, you know. Sure. So you're still seeing animal like parts, or you still have the 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 option to see them. You know. Gotcha. And because there's so much of that, it there's no need to throw in a you know, a, a cat's paw or a even a an owl bear's head or something along mm-hmm. those lines. Yeah, yeah. There are, there are so many options. There's no need to to really muddy it. I yep. think. So, how many disembodied limbs would you give the Gorling? I would probably go with a solid four. That really. Yeah, I like the okay. Just the possibilities for the Gorling, in terms of story, in terms of really kind of building out a world and a narrative and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I think because of that, it would it's going to rank a little bit higher than something that just seems very mundane and run of the mill. I thought I thought you would have gone higher. That's why I was surprised. Well, I think because it is so such an early on in the campaign type thing mm-hmm. that you're not going to see it much more than the first few levels. Yeah. And um, unless it's like a novel thing a little bit later on, but it's not really going to be effective. Yeah. It's just, it's eye candy at that point. Mm-hmm. And by virtue of it being a quarter level challenge rating there, there is literally only so much it can do. Exactly. Yeah. It it's yeah. it is its hands are tied, if you will. <laughs> yes. With with other hands. Well, yeah. Okay. Any any final thoughts on the Gorling? No. Nope. I like it. If you guys use it. And I know we say this a lot with especially with the the creatures that we discuss that are of a higher level, but this mm-hmm. is so low that there's a good chance you guys are gonna use this in your campaigns. Yeah. And fairly early on. So let us know how that goes. Yeah. I'd like to hear that. Or or tell us an example where you would have preferred to see the Gorling, maybe. You know, where where could it fit in? That, yeah. I'd, I'd love to hear that, too. From players or DMs alike, let us know. Reach out to us. Momes at FecklessMomes.com or hit us up on 
the Instagram. Every every episode that drops gets its own little Instagram post, so you can always comment on those, and we'll talk to you about it. That'd be really cool. And you can do that while you are waiting for us to come back next week for another random monster from a random monster manual. Thank you so much. Random Encounters is a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network.